and welcome to this week's Innovation Forum Monday Briefing, a regular guide to what's happening in the world of sustainable business. I'm Ian Welsh. Innovation Forum's webinar series continues this week with the next in our From the Forest Frontline series, where I'll be talking with community representatives from Kenya, Colombia, Peru and Cambodia about how Forest Red Plus projects protect forests in collaboration with indigenous communities while improving local infrastructure and providing new economic opportunities. More on that to come later. First though, to talk about some of what to look out for this week, here's Innovation Forum's B. Stevenson. Welcome to the Monday Briefing, B. Hi, Ian. What's coming up this week? So this week it is the World Investment Forum in Abu Dhabi from the 16th to the 20th of October. This is the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development's eighth World Investment Forum. It's the largest global platform for high-level dialogue and action on investment and development, bringing together 8,000 participants, including government leaders, global CEOs, and other investment stakeholders. The aim is to produce strategies and address global investment and development challenges, and to facilitate networking between global leaders in business and politics, as well as to stimulate public and private action on investment for sustainable development, and also to offer a unique opportunity to influence investment policymaking and shape the global investment environment. The theme for this year is investing in sustainable development. Participants will tackle the key challenges brought about by multiple cascading global crises, including the need to invest in food security, energy, health, supply chain resilience, infrastructure, and just productive capacity growth in the least developed countries. It's nice to see the real focus on sustainability at these events now. So what do you think we should expect in particular this year? The undertone this year is essentially it's crunch time for multiple reasons. This 2023 edition will take place immediately ahead of global talks on climate change at COP28. It will therefore include a focused track on promoting climate finance and investment, and the forum will provide policymakers and other stakeholders with the opportunity to find solutions and reach consensus on climate finance and investment priorities over the course of the five days with outcomes feeding into the COP negotiations. But this edition also takes place at a critical time as developing countries are facing inadequate levels of investment in achieving the SDGs, with an annual gap of more than $4 trillion, according to the UN World Investment Report 2023. The UN CTAD Secretary General has said, the forum is an opportunity to accelerate action and get more investments to flow into critical development sectors, such as healthcare, food security, and climate action. And without more investment, the delivery of the SDGs will be in jeopardy. Really, the 130 events need to catalyse some momentum to revitalise investments to meet development needs. As you say, the COP28 meetings in Dubai follow on pretty soon after the end of November for them. What else is coming up this week, B? It's also World Food Day on today, Monday the 16th. This is celebrated every year worldwide on the 16th of October to commemorate the founding of the FAO, or the Food and Agriculture Organisation, in 1945. What's interesting about this year is its focus on the theme, water is life, water is food, leave no one behind. The theme aims to highlight the critical role of water for life on earth, and water is the foundation of our food and food system. And the idea is to further global awareness about the importance of managing water wisely, as rapid population growth, economic development, urbanisation and climate change continue to threaten water availability. And there will actually be a hybrid ceremony featuring speakers from the FAO, from the World Food Programme, government and even the Pope as it's being held at the FAO HQ in Rome. So you can register to watch that online. How does our food system threaten water availability? We actually use the most water through our food. 
According to the FAO, between 2,000 and 5,000 litres of water are needed to produce a person's daily food intake. Some types of food are more water intensive than others to produce. So if you buy one kilogram of beef, there's been an average of 15,415 litres of water used in its production, which is quite staggering to hear. And interestingly, also for nuts, nuts use about 9,063 litres of water to produce the average kilo. Then further down the scale, fruits and vegetables requiring about 962 and 322 litres per kilogram, respectively. So perhaps that's my personal plug for vegetarianism there. These numbers, of course, are are average numbers, aren't they? Yeah, these are definitely average numbers. And then to make an obvious point, water is an indispensable ingredient to the agricultural production system. Without water, farmers wouldn't be able to grow their crops and feed their animals. Therefore, water insecurity means food insecurity. Some of the farmers that I've been speaking to in our Farming in a Changing Climate series have been talking about the impacts of lack of rainfall and drought on their farms and their yields. As you say, B, the amount of water that's required to produce certain items is, is always staggering. Anyway, B, it's going to be an interesting week. Thanks very much indeed. Thanks, Ian. Innovation Forum will be in Amsterdam on the 31st of October and 1st of November for this year's Sustainable Landscapes and Commodities Conference, and then in Washington DC for the next in our Future of Climate Action event series on the 8th and 9th of November. As ever, full details about each are on the Innovation Forum website. Alongside our conferences, we hold regular free webinars. To find out a bit more about some of what's coming up there, here's B once again. We have a webinar that we've been putting together in partnership with Everland, and it's entitled Human Rights in the Forest, How Red Plus Projects Strengthen Human Rights in Partnership with Indigenous Peoples and Local Communities. So the idea is really that successful Red Plus projects that protect forests and preserve biodiversity must work in partnership with Indigenous peoples and local communities to safeguard and enhance their rights. And then improving livelihoods by providing basic needs and alternative income opportunities is critical to forest conservation that is equitable. A key point here is that the Red Plus projects, providing funds obviously from the sale of carbon credits, but those funds go to preserve the forest by providing opportunities for the people that are in the forest. And these people often have clear human rights challenges as well. So it's it's very important to recognise that it's the funds from the projects providing opportunities for these people in partnership with them. And that's what we'll be talking about. So what else are we talking about on Wednesday, isn't it? We're going to be talking about some of the case studies from projects in Kenya, Colombia, Peru and Cambodia. And we'll also be hearing from Josh Tosterson from Everland, kind of about how the projects are built upon community-led governance structures, how they can help communities to secure their land titles, and how the comprehensive conservation agreements that enhance partnerships with Indigenous peoples and local communities can also protect forest ecosystems. I'm lucky enough to be moderating the, the conversation, so I'm looking forward to it very much. Some really interesting projects. We've been talking with the people in the projects over the past couple of weeks as we've been preparing for the webinar. Do join us. It's Wednesday the 18th of October. Register for free via the Innovation Forum website. We'll put a link in the podcast description. 2pm UK time. We've got some other webinars coming up, haven't we? There's one you wanted to highlight in particular. There's one in particular that we are hosting in partnership with Bayer, and it's the next in our Focus on Farmers series, the previous webinar in which we looked into how agri-food stakeholders could support the regenerative transition in Europe. And this time we're looking at resilient and regenerative food systems in Africa, empowering smallholder farmers through value chain collaboration. We're really looking into the idea that over the coming decades, smallholder farmers throughout Africa are going to be playing a pivotal role in supporting the continent's economic development and enabling food security. But obviously, these farmers are currently facing numerous constraints that are hindering their productivity and profitability. So really accelerating Africa's regenerative transition requires a farmer-centric, ecosystem-led approach that involves actors across the whole value chain 
And there's going to need to be a lot of innovation in terms of technology that can enable financing, as well as obviously kind of farming techniques. So we're going to be talking a bit about those. Stay tuned for panel announcements and the exact timing. But we're really excited. We're working hard to bring that to you. So that's going to be on November the 28th. Yeah, look out for all the details will be posted on the Innovation Forum website as it all comes together. But another really interesting conversation. Thanks very much, B. Thanks, Ian. That's it for now. The Monday Briefing will be back next week. And look out as ever for the weekly podcast on Thursday will be all the usual news and expert interviews. And see you on Wednesday if you're joining the webinar. For now, though, I've been Ian Welsh. And goodbye. Goodbye.